0: Good morning, everyone. This is Sid, your host, for Sit Down with Sid podcast. Today, I have two good friends of uh, mine, Dave and Steve, and we would be talking about uh, various things that are happening in in the United States, uh, such as the presidential campaign from Biden, other candidates. Uh, We'll talk about uh, what's going on in New York City. We'll talk about the homelessness and rising crime in major cities. Uh, U.S. views on immigration, climate crisis, human rights, um, education reform, social equi- inequality, and much more. So uh, that being said, uh, Dave and Steve, thank you guys for joining me on this. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Great. So, so why don't we why don't we get straight into the topic of uh, the presidential campaign, you know. So let's let's talk about. Uh, did you guys happen to see the debate or the uh, Tucker Carlson uh, uh, video with uh, Donald Trump that he did? I did not.
1: Uh, I watched the debate. I didn't see the Tucker Carlson interview as of yet.
0: Great. So, so just for our audience, I just wanted to let them know the candidates that are running for uh, the presidential campaign for 2024. On the Democrat side, we have uh, Joe Biden, who is the current president. We have Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who was the son of former U.S. Attorney General and Senator Robert Kennedy, and the nephew of President John F. Kennedy. And then, last but not the least, from Democrat side, we have Marianne Williamson. She actually ran as a Democratic candidate. Uh, for president in U.S. in 2020, um, finally she kind of backed down and endorsed Bernie Sanders, you know. For the Republicans, we have the famous Donald Trump, you know, Uh, Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, Mike Pence, the former VP, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who is an entrepreneur, um, governor, former governor of uh, New Jersey, Chris Christie. Then we have Asa Hutchinson um, and uh, Tim Scott, you know, so uh, what do you guys think about, uh, give me your views on, give our audience the views on what do you think, who do you think would win the 2024? I mean, it's day and night clear that Republican side, Trump is winning by majority, you know, 62% of the primary votes, uh, followed by DeSantis on 16%. And uh, uh, as much as Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is uh, has a very charismatic personality i don't think he can match with uh, joe biden's uh, favor you know in the democrat party so so uh, dave let's start with you and then we'll go around the table with uh, steve and then i'll give my views on it
1: well obviously the two candidates are trump and biden um at this point we really don't need to see them debate anything uh because they've both been president and we see what they're doing uh, right now, with everything that's going on, I see Trump as the, the next presidency, just because the major problems that we're having today is with the economy, the, the, the crime, um, immigration that's happening at the borders, and this all started at the beginning of the Biden administration.
0: So you have Trump winning. What about you, Steve, uh, give us your insights.
2: I have to agree with Dave on this one. Um, I think Trump's the landslide in. Um, personally, I'm not the biggest Trump fan, but at the end of the day, our economy was booming when he was president and he had made a lot of growth for America and Americans. Um, not hundred percent behind him on border control, I mean, we do need to work on border control, but I don't think he really got it right. I think he was a little too hard on it. And I don't think that was a major focus because now we're in an economic decline with inflation out of control with Biden. And I don't see Biden even being electable. He's senile, in my opinion. He shouldn't even be a president.
0: So, Steve. It's, it's funny that you you said that you are not a fan of Trump, but you are a fan of his policies. And, and that's one of the hottest topics online is people love his policies. A lot of people don't like his personality. From your viewpoint, uh, so I'm also going to go in some of the policies and then we can break that down to see where we stand. So I'm going to start with you, Steve. Why do you think, like what is it that you don't like about him And and then I also will touch on the border situation when we go into the policy. So give me your take, like, uh, what is it that you don't like about him as a person?
2: The the one biggest thing, he's a trust fund baby. He's multiple bankruptcies. He's a strong business. I mean, I guess he's a strong businessman. That's what everyone says. But it's yet to be seen because a strong businessman isn't going to go bankrupt multiple times. Um, He always seems to land on his feet, though. He's like a cat. But my biggest issue with Trump is he incited racism, not saying he's racist, but he divided us. And all of a sudden, there are Confederate flags and Nazi flags marching down our streets. Last I checked, the last standing version of those flags was the white flag when they conceded both those wars. So nothing was done about that, fine. And this is America, freedom of speech. You have the right to do whatever, you have the right to say whatever you want. And I agree with that. But at the same time, it really divided us. Then one of his final acts taking down Roe v. Wade, where he appointed the last chief justice, the sixth chief justice that was Republican, That kind of gave them a standing and allowed the Catholic church into government, which I don't agree with at all. This country was founded upon separation of church and state.
0: So, Dave, Dave, what about yourself? I know, uh, you know, Steve just touched on this. Uh, He said that he made this country more racist. Do you agree, Dave? Uh,
1: I don't believe so. Um, what I remember from the time of Trump, um, during the 4th of July, I saw a more American, more patriotic people out, flags waving. Now we don't see that. I think now people are just separating more than actually coming together. Um, I mean, there's a problem with the immigration Too many people are coming in. um, They're coming to this country for a better life. But if they're coming for this better life, they have to leave their past behind and can't influence this country with all their bad things that just creates this downside to this country. They're coming here for a reason. They're coming here... For freedom. They're coming here for the opportunity to make money and grow, not just come here and get money from the government and do nothing.
0: But I, I, I would like to add on that, Dave, that's a good point you brought it up. Immigration, you know, uh, let's touch base on that. So as per the policies of Trump on immigration, he, as you know, built a 400-mile wall he was also supposed to build another 200 mile, which could not be completed because he was ousted of the presidency. He wanted to protect his borders. He supports legal immigration. You know, I'm going to use this word legal immigration. I am an immigrant who came to this country 18 years ago legally, not illegal. Right? I have earned my right to become a citizen of this country legally, not illegally. So I think I think. From my understanding and my views is that Trump does not oppose immigration, but he supports law and legality. There is no one above law, right? On the, other, on the other side, Biden, he actually favors Sanctuary City, which we will get into it after, after this topic. He, he is okay with undocumented immigrants coming into the city. Uh, Into the United States, you can see what's happening in California, you know, Texas, New York City is is the worst right now with that. So so that's where I can see, you know, some people don't like it. I mean, 390 million population of the United States, 20 percent is Hispanics. I'm going to repeat this number. Around 80 million people in this country are Hispanics. Most of the immigrants that come, they come from the border down the south. Right. And of course, on the West side, but South border is the main, correct me if I'm wrong. So my thing is, I can see why the Hispanics, why Trump might not be favored by this Hispanic population or might not get his vote as much as Biden would. Do you guys agree or, or give me your views? This is how I see it. But once again, you know, I can be also wrong. These are just my opinions. Steve, and let's talk to
2: start off. You want to start with me? Okay. Got it. Um, Dave touched on a good point. Right now, we are divided. But that began with Trump's campaign. Now, when when Trump was elected. Now, border control.
0: Can, can I can I stop you for a second, Steve? Go ahead. Uh, you said it started when he, came, he started his campaign in 2015, 2016. What about this? What about the Civil War back in 1900s? And what about the uh, the slavery that was going on? Isn't I mean, once again, that's the history of the United States, right? I mean, yes. So so to counter your point that it started when he campaigned, I'm not I'm not favoring Biden or I'm not favoring Trump. I'm I'm a person who favors policies because bad policies have bad consequences. Right. So so so. If you were telling us that he was one of the pillars of dividing this country, I think this country was divided a lot more than what it is now, you know? That's
2: a great point and I agree. Um, I don't think he incited or brought in racism. I think it was already there. We were already divided. We were on pretty much the precipice of it. I think He just had that little bit of a push to get everybody moving in different directions. And now we're divided over pretty much everything, which in our hearts, we probably were 20 years ago, but now it's out in the forefront. Now it's in our faces and it's avoiding us standing up because we're not working together. Until we work together as a group, we're not going to make any change. We're not going to get the right people in office. We're not going to get the people that want to help us and the environment and the country and our economy to grow. Trump did a great job with our economy. The Dow was through the roof when he was president. And we all made money. Now, my grocery bill has doubled in less than four years. That's 100% inflation. That's unacceptable.
0: Dave, what about you,
1: man? I mean, he started talking about the inflation. Um, Basically, it all started with um, shutting down businesses, people not going to work. I mean, like you're saying, things that are happening in New York City right now since you're in the real estate industry, you know this, that all the businesses you'll see buildings for lease. Um, It's all businesses that are closing down um, because people aren't going there to work and the small businesses are closing down because those people were giving them the work. They were supplying them money by going um, at these local places, these local businesses Um, that's why you see a downgrade in the city. These places are becoming unpopulated where people are just starting to live on the streets and just laying there because those windows are going to start being boarded up. And that's, that's a major problem with the city. Plus they need more policing now to clean up those areas, drugs and everything else.
0: Okay. And then and then what do you guys think about so that was our view on immigration. I'm gonna talk about two or three more major policies that plays a major role in, in this country. I, can one, I
2: chime, can I chime please. in real quick?
0: Go for it, Steve.
2: Um also when COVID hit and everything happened, I mean, I don't know if we wanna hit this topic completely because
0: would it would be great if we can actually give a few minutes to the topic of COVID nineteen as well, because you know what happened? You know why we why the inflation is over over the roof. You know why why now they are uh, mandating, especially in Los Angeles. I read day before yesterday, uh, mask mandate again. But we can talk about that after this topic. But Steve, if you have anything to say on this, please go for it, man.
2: I was just going to point out that part of the digression in the city had to do with COVID, because COVID was a game changer in in one way specifically was people being able to work remote. Companies had no choice. They had to set up a remote structure for people to work from home because no one was allowed in the office. I'm an accountant, I work in an office. Big surprise, I mean, kind of surprising the way I look, but I am. And now with big companies able to reduce office space, at a premium of over $80 a square foot, moving to New Jersey and paying $25 a square foot, plus allowing a remote or hybrid schedule, has changed a lot of things. People can still do their jobs and the jobs are getting done. The people are happier because I get two remote days. It's great. It's great for me, my well being, my mental state, and I'm still getting my job done. So, companies are now switching to satellite offices in Jersey with a hybrid schedule. And now they can save hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars on office space in the city because it's premium. And in Jersey you're paying a third.
0: I agree. But also don't you think that the uh, productivity of people is not as as it used to be when they used to go to the office. I mean listen, business ethics, productivity can only happen where you have a, have the atmosphere of a business, an office, you know, an environment. So yes, on the plus side for the companies, they are saving millions of dollars. you know, I do real estate in the city and 75 percent of the commercial sector, they don't they cannot find tenants. They literally cannot find tenants and day before yesterday mayor adams actually proposed converting some of the commercial properties into 20000 apartments why because these landlords they will go bankrupt if they go bankrupt who will pay the taxes if the city goes in tax deficit what happens the tolls go off who pays for the tolls we right so so this is like a whole cycle of economic economy here you know uh, but uh, i don't know if i'm i i'm in favor of the hybrid situation or working from home uh that that is just my view you know once again i personally feel if i own a business i want my people to come to work so i can measure their productivity because at the end of the day as a boss if you're going to pay your employees it all comes down to input versus output that's how you measure productivity um uh, so, uh, Dave, what, Dave, what do you think on this on this topic of working from home and so forth?
1: Well, I believe some jobs can be done remotely, but overall, I think people have to get together and be able to communicate face to face. Remotely, it's kind of impersonal. You don't really see the person's reactions and be able to actually performing. Um, Everybody could be a robot. And if you're just working on one particular thing, that doesn't mean you're growing the company. If you put more heads together, constantly speaking, I think a company can grow faster that way than just having a bunch of remote robots sending information and here it is and not getting other inputs because in person you're always given more inputs rather than hey this is what this is the work i got to do and that's it
0: i agree so now since we are on covid i have a i have one question to ask you guys do you think covid is man-made do you think it's a flu do you think it's a virus uh i mean conspiracy theory on this can go on and on <laughs> and we have dave the king of conspiracy theories there uh, so 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 dave let's start this one with you uh what is it you know
1: covid do you say wuhan it came from wuhan wuhan has a lab so most likely it came from a wuhan lab it's pretty obvious not from some bat um, was it a mistake possible was it released on purpose possible who was it involved it could range in many conspiracies yeah if it could be if it was an accident it's an accident. If it was released, for what reasons? Um, it could be to test the world, pressure test it, how it will uh, react to big viruses like that. Maybe it's continued to... That was a test. The next one that would be released would be more lethal. Um... many other conspiracies that was the US government involved in the release, this and that, but that that's in huge other broad spectrums. That could be possible, who knows?
0: What about you, Steve?
1: Uh, let
2: me put my tinfoil hat on. Um yes, I do believe it was man made. Yes, I do believe it was released as a test. Uh to see how we respond to things as a group, as a whole. In my opinion, we failed. We were divided. Everything, again, this is another thing that further divided us as a people. We vax versus unvax. I personally am unvaxed. I won't put that poison in my body. You haven't been able to vaccinate the flu. Well, Jesus Christ probably got the flu. We still can't cure it. COVID's the same. It's a COVID virus. It's going to evolve. It's going to change every year. So there's no getting rid of it. It's here to stay. Now, do I feel it's lethal right now? No. At first it was, but I think it was targeted. I honestly think it was a DNA targeted virus that hit a certain sector of the population brutally.
0: But why would they do that? Why would they do, especially seniors over 65 and people who have uh, chronic illnesses? So my question to you is, why?
2: Why, A, potential population control. We have medical advancements that allow humans to
0: live. Steve, we are talking about, just not United States, we are talking about the whole globe. The whole globe was brought down to its knees. Every country in this world was brought down to its knees. So my thing is, I mean, once again, this you know, this can be a conspiracy here as well, but why do you think why did they target this specific demographic of the population?
2: I don't think it was best well, specific, I could, to be honest.
1: Go on, Dave. I could chime in on that a little bit. Well, so basically this targeted the elderly disabled, people who are sick and who pays for those people? Social Security, the government, Medicare. Now, if you eliminate those people, how much money does the government now save? So...
0: So you're saying that somehow U.S. colluded, uh, colluded with China on this?
2: No. Well, Dave, go on
1: on that one.
0: I don't think so because because I understand. I go. Well, I, I,
1: I'm always right. saying that everything is a possibility. Right? Did they collude? Did they not? That's that's horrible. That's sick. You know, but it's it's possible if if one person thinks it. If I think of this conspiracy theory, why can't somebody else higher up actually think about it and put it in motion? Agreed. And in addition to that,
2: insider trading. One of the biggest kickbacks Trump got back got on COVID was the delay. Why didn't he act quick enough? Well, it gave everybody in the government time to move their money around. Again, who's running this Pfizer? I don't. I don't trust Pfizer at all. In my opinion, I compare him to Umbrella Corporation,
0: which is. Well,
2: a whole nother story.
0: Well, in my my opinion, so once again, these are just my views. And, uh, you know, I'm not being biased to anyone. But from what I think is, if you look at when Trump was president, the sanctions that U.S. had on China, on the tariffs, the the tariffs, I mean, they had – look at how strict they were with Iran and other Muslim countries. Once again, I'm not attacking anyone. I'm not being biased. You know, uh, this is just my views. I personally feel the main purpose of China to release this virus, if this was man-made, was to get it into the White House, because I think and I feel deep in my heart that if COVID would have not happened. Trump would have won the election again. There is no doubt in my mind. Once again, this is my view and this is how I see it. And the thing is, if a country can somehow penetrate the most secured building in the whole world with the virus and the most secured person in this world, which is the president of the United States, they can do anything, right? And that's what happened. I think I think the COVID was his downfall. He did what he could as a president, $2 trillion, US printed $2 trillion, $2 trillion that year, gave stimulus, gave money to people so they can become lazy and not work, stay at home. Uh, and guess what? You know, at that time, it was fun for people to stay home and get paid, uh, you know, but people who made money, they didn't get paid. You know, I didn't get any stimulus. I still remember. And and to till this day it is. And so, I mean, if you make money, you are going to get screwed. Like, that's my question, you know. So, uh, I mean, this is just my view. I think I think it was pretty much. Because what happens when from uh, when Biden came in power? What's the first thing he did? He lifted restrictions with China. He opened the travel ban from China. That was the first thing he did as president. You know, what did he do? Iran. You know, he tried to lift off the restrictions. The Iran. You know, and uh, as a result of which, I mean, you can see what's going on in, in Israel. You know, Netanyahu thinks that Iran is the biggest threat to the democracy of Israel and wants to stop them from the nuclear power, uh, the nuclear power that possesses, Iran possesses. So everything has pros and cons. So just not to go off the topic, I, I personally feel this was a move, a man-made, uh, legitimate move made by China to, you know, just uh, oust a uh, from, from the presidency and and I mean listen uh most of his name anthony fauci his his organization actually uh I think last year or in 2021 uh, during the congress hearing they actually admitted that they did fund the virus that was created in Wuhan lab so you know uh, well,
1: that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm.
0: so so going back to the thing now just to get off this topic i want to ask you do you think President John F. Kennedy was assassinated by the CIA? Or was it Oswald? Dave, let's start with you. Um, I don't know.
1: They say to Russian spies um, that he accidentally got shot in the back by a Secret Service agent there, there, there's so many things. Um, what were the reasons for that? I don't know. Um, I didn't do that much research on it. I wanted to talk to other people about that, you know, people in that generation, not what people think now, um, because I think that'll get more like talk to people, older people about that rather than people who weren't around during that time that have their own conspiracies about it. Steve. It's a very controversial
2: topic. And I don't believe we have the full story on it. Something did happen. And it was by design, in my opinion. I'm not, again, I can't be a hundred percent, but just the way the shots hit them, didn't line up. I think Oswald was a scapegoat, but again, I'm not a hundred percent sure way before my time as well. And uh, I'd be a fool to give any more information on
0: it than that. No, no problem. So three more policies I want to talk uh, before we next to the uh, move to the next topic is the three major problems that have been kind of the hot topic is Uh, We have already touched on immigration, is healthcare, abortion, and gun rights, right? Now, Steve, I'm going to start with you and then go on to this, uh, go on to you, Dave. Uh, Who do you support, Trump or Biden, on their policies? Uh, I'm just going to give brief points to our audience. Uh, On healthcare, Donald Trump wanted to get rid of Obamacare, whereas Joe Biden wanted to ensure and allow families to buy into the state children's health insurance program. Their policies on abortion. Uh, As for Donald Trump, he said that abortion restrictions should be left up to the individual states, not the federal government. Joe Biden strongly supports Roe versus Wade, but opposes public funding for abortion. Last but not the least on gun rights, which is a very interesting topic here, is Trump supports the second amendment right he enforces existing laws he also wants military uh, personnel to carry weapons on military bases and recruitment centers on the other hand biden introduced the bill to renew ban on assault weapons and to close the gun show loophole uh, by requiring gun show sales to have background checks so these are the points now let's start with you steve we're going to go healthcare, abortion, gun rights, and then, Dave, I'm going to go on to you with this. That's it.
2: In that order, one each or one
0: yes, back and forth? Yes, in that order. So we do healthcare, we do abortion, we do gun rights. Pros well, and cons.
2: Healthcare, I'm going to say straight up, Biden and Trump, they ain't got it. Obamacare was a great, great concept. But with a red house, at the time and a red Senate, I think only 10% of what Obama wanted to put out actually happened. And the reason why I love Obamacare, I like I the concept of Obamacare. What happened, what we actually got was garbage in my opinion. I voted for, well, Bernie Sanders in the last three elections because I supported Bernie. I support socialized healthcare here. In other countries, Scandinavia and a couple of European countries strive. And they're, they might not get the premium healthcare we have here, but their people aren't getting, their wallets aren't getting killed. To get a private policy here, I work for a company, so I have good benefits. But what about that person's got to pay $1,000 a month? And that's if they're single not with kids. That just goes up exponentially. Right. Um, the healthcare industry and the benefits you're getting on a personal level aren't even as good as the businesses and what they give. Like my company's benefits are way better than what I get on my own. And they don't cover what they're supposed to. Like right now, I have a $5,000 max payout cap. I can't spend more than $5,000 a year on anything that happens to me which is great, but well, what about that family of four that has a, they're a construction worker, or well, you know what, they're a bartender, or they work in a field that doesn't offer benefits. Now they're paying two, three, four thousand $4,000 a month. For what garbage coverage? Well, the medical industry runs away with that. And then the insurance companies tell the hospitals what they're gonna pay. so doctor does work on me. I have a $100,000 bill. Insurance company turns to the hospital and says, we're only paying 40 because they feel they can tell the doctors what they can pay. So being a premium doctor in this country was get you. Now you're fighting uphill against the insurance companies, which is also the reason why hospital bills go up so high because the insurance companies are reducing what they should be charging and they refuse to cover what the hospitals or the doctors say they, hey, this operation was as much, pay me.
0: So, what about Dave? Do you wanna do you wanna go on the healthcare and then we'll go back to Steve on abortion and then the ground rights and then we'll go to you.
1: I, I think that works better actually. But well, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could go over the healthcare now. Well, healthcare is always tough, um, and it's always going to be tough because if you go to a social health care need something to better your life immediately you might not have access to it like say if i needed my hips replaced which i have had done um i would be put on a list rather than being able to have the surgery next month so that list would be oh i might have to wait three months six months maybe a year before i get that done So there is a problem with trying to make like a a social type of um, medical system with that. Can we combine the both? Can we have a social type with a private? Yeah, I believe that could happen. A lot of problems is the cost of medications and how people can get access to this. Um, I've been through a lot of medications and I had to fight with my insurance companies to get things covered. And I mean, it's a battle. It takes a toll on you. So, easier. um, It has to be between the doctor and the patient rather than the insurance company saying, you've got to go through this process to get this to get to the next drug to get to the next drug what if we could eliminate all those other ones and go to the one who the doctor would actually think worked for you rather than you know just having to actually go through the process and in the long run, and there because that person's going more to the doctor and things like that. I think the healthcare system should be more toward a preventative healthcare. Mm-hmm. As in informing how people had, should get healthy. Rather than just going in for when they have an ailment. Um, when they need medication. When they get sick. A doctor should tell them, hey, this is how not to get sick. But there's no money in that, unfortunately, you know, that, you know, there, there wouldn't be that many drug companies out there, um, selling all these products on TVs, you know, in other countries, they don't have Pfizer putting up ads saying, Hey, try this drug. It's going to work wonders for you. Um, they don't allow that, but here they allow all these drug companies to advertise and people say, hey, let me try that. Oh, I'll lose weight from using a Zimpik. I know it wasn't designed for that. It was for, hey, wait, well, so let me get onto that bandwagon. And is it right for the people to do that? It's their choice, yeah, I have to do that. But what are the long-term side effects that are going to happen from doing things like that? You know, it's it's got to be between the doctor and the patient and it should be more towards preventative rather than pushing all these drugs and that's what makes all this healthcare so expensive
0: well that's that's a great point you brought it up here because uh only united states and ireland are the two countries that actually allow pharma advertising no other country in this world is allowed Number two, I know Steve brought this up about Pfizer not being a fan of it. I see them as an establishment; these big pharma companies, and I feel that's why uh, this is all tied into why the healthcare U.S. has one of the most expensive healthcare in the entire world. You know, and the worst part is being the most expensive; it is actually not even the highest quality. You know. And these are, I'm talking about, these are the supporting facts. There are citations online if you want to look them up, uh, based on studies done by various companies, you know. And uh, uh, I pay private insurance, you know. My premium is over the roof. I've been paying that from last nine years, you know, because I work for myself and, uh, you know, it is what it is. Healthcare is very important and it's very important to have insurance. So, uh, you know, uh I don't have that much to say on Obamacare and uh, because I was not that much into the healthcare industry, I would say in 2010 or so when they came up with Obamacare. And uh, all I can say right now is that it is very expensive and something should be done uh, to make it more affordable to people in the United States. You know, Uh, that being said, I want to touch on the second topic, abortion. Steve, I'm going to start with Uh, you.
2: Can I just chime in on something? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: go for it. Go for it.
2: I love the fact that he mentioned doctor, doctor patient. And there's one thing again, put my tinfoil hat on. There's no money in the cure. None at all. If you, if you have a niche treatment for a very rare disease, what is the best way to make money? And these big pharma is a business. Now it's, in my opinion, they're not out for our best interests. And what they're doing is, hey, we can sell you this at $500 a month. You got to pay for this. Oh, you'll be alive. You'll be fine. It's great. But they. what about curing it? What about helping people? That makes sense to me. We're all human beings and we're all here together. We're all in the same boat. Why make holes?
0: That a, that's a very good point, Steve, too. Uh, let's touch base on abortion, you know. Uh, I think there are 14 states in this country that have actually legalized abortion. And uh, what's your take on abortion? The reason I brought this up is because yesterday, uh, day before yesterday on the GOP debate, Nikki Haley's main topic of discussion was the abortion. You know, and her point was, I'm a woman. I know how it feels, so so this was one of the her topics, you know, that she brought it up. So, so Steve, what what do you think about abortion and should it be legalized? Should it be banned? Uh, go for it, and then we go today.
2: My my opinion on abortion is a little different for a reason. Um, I know the pro-lifers, and I know most most pro-lifers' reasoning is based on the Bible is based on a religion that's not the reason to control a woman's body now my mom actually I'm going to quote my mother here she put it the best my mom is goes to church three times a week has her entire life and still does and she's pro-choice her herself is pro-life she could never do it I'm not a woman, so I don't know, but I don't think I could ever have an abortion if I were a woman and got pregnant, but a woman's body, her own business, no one else's, and nor you, Dave, me, or anyone else should not have control over that. And it's a shame that taking down Roe v. Wade literally set back women a hundred years it would be like bringing back slavery. You know, that was a big win for women. And it's, it's, it's really sad that that's what we're fighting over. And plus the fact that I really don't believe a topic brought up based on a religious belief structure should be in the presidential debate. And it should be a right for all women worldwide.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a right of a woman. You know, it's her body. Uh, Dave,
1: Um, my views might be a little different, but yeah, I mean, a woman has the right to choose what she has to choose. Uh, But with the people all about abortion, um, I was driving a couple months ago and they saw a billboard sign at a face of Ronald Reagan. And it said, those who are against abortion are people who are born already. So it's only people that are alive that are talking about aborting a baby. I don't know how I could view that. You know, I I was born in in, uh, Catholic religion, I was in, in Catholic school. So, yeah, yeah, I could see the wrong part of it, um, especially today. We have so much access to uh, male, female birth control, um, the morning after pill. It, I think it's more of a debate on, yeah, there will be, a, there's always going to be abortion. I think there's, they're talking about term limits. Um, I think it should be state to state. It shouldn't be federal in either way um every state has its own values. you're gonna get different people in different areas um if your state let them decide rather than you know more say liberal state that say it's okay um I don't think people wait to the last second to have an abortion. I mean, who would? There might be some people out there that do. Um, I think it would be more of medical concerns to the mother and things like that. Um, but people shouldn't wait. I mean, with all the access that we have to birth control the morning after pill, why wait till have that abortion? If you made a mistake, you made a mistake. You know, take care of it right away rather than wait on it. And if you wait on having an abortion, I would imagine the longer you wait, the more complications it would be for the mother as well. So it puts her at risk medically more than getting it done in the first one, two months. That's, very, like well that. that's, that's so very well put that, together. That's my view on that.
2: I, I'd like to add to that, Dave, and I 100% agree with you. I don't believe third party, third trimester abortions should be legal. If a baby can be removed from the womb and can breathe, it should not be destroyed. It again, be cognizant of what you're doing. Hey, you made a mistake. Get on top of it. Do what you got to do in the first trimester. The options are there. They should be there. I don't agree with third, third part, third, Again, third trimester abortions, I don't agree with because that's a living person. At the same time, our health, our foster care system is, I mean, there are people that just make money off taking these kids in and they don't treat them right. So you're, you're bringing a child into the world that's already running uphill And they may not get what they need to evolve into and to grow and to enjoy life because they never got a fighting chance.
0: Great. Uh, Let's talk about uh, one one final policy on this uh, gun rights. Now, as I said, a major discussion was from supported law. He wanted to fund the police under Biden. We had defund the police and ban the assault weapons right Um, now two things yes it's good to support the second amendment right but also there are a lot of people with mental sickness out there who are committing mass shootings right so now here is the here is the debate you know who do you support yes we do support law enforcement we support our law we also support our Second Amendment right. But on the other side, is it fair for someone who has mental sickness to go and shoot kids, teachers in school just because they have access to weapons? David, this one I'm going to start with you. Go up to Steve.
1: All right. the way, The way I view this is the majority of gun violence is Okay, um, taken away from the citizens hands it's not a good thing the way I could see resolve resolving this is people should go for a license like they do for a driver's license get tested um, this should be done maybe I don't know every four years people should have to go and retest their shooting, you know. It, it, so they learn gun safety and know how to actually use a gun, purchasing it and letting it sit down somewhere and not using it, and then one day have to pick it up and now use it if they're not fully trained. So I think they should go through some kind of training requirements if you want to have own a gun. You have to go through some courses and update, something like that to say that you can handle a gun, and when people could handle a gun, they'll handle it more responsibly. I mean, me personally, I have a gun, I'm never going to own a gun, but from people who will use it responsibly. Um, because it does help in situations people get, you know, home invasions, things like that, people want protection. I mean especially in these days where you're seeing you know there's less police um you hear about these towns no longer having police these 911 calls not being answered for god knows how long so what are you gonna do are you can just sit there and be a victim you got to be able to protect yourself in a way. and now if you protect yourself now you're liable for things i i mean this the system is kind of getting out of whack with
0: that. Steve?
2: He's right. And um, I'd like to throw the war on drugs into this only because we are a war on drugs for how many years? Meanwhile, and again, put my tinfoil hat on, where did the drugs come in? They came in containers. You don't think one of the biggest industries in the world our government didn't have a foot in? Of course they did. It came in. Guns, same thing. You can restrict us all you want. You can say, you can ban guns. The people that want the guns are going to get them. I can find whatever I want. And I know pretty much most of America could too. If they want to do a mass shooting, they're going to find a weapon to do it. It doesn't matter what restrictions you put on it. All that it's doing is restricting the people that are using the guns responsibly from acquiring them. I own I own a gun. Fine. It's in a safe with a fingerprint on it. No one's getting that weapon. But I want it for home protection or other in case shit happens, which it may, I don't know. We don't know what the future is going to bring, but I'd rather be within my rights and on my weapon. At the same time, if um, Joe that wants to go down and rob this place or do a mass shooting, they're gonna find the weapon they need. It doesn't matter. They're gonna buy it on the street. They're gonna pay top dollar for it and they're gonna get it. And they're gonna do what they wanna do. No one is gonna stop that. No law is gonna stop them from getting that weapon. And that's the point. The, the laws are only stopping law-abiding citizens, responsible citizens, from having that weapon that they want or that protection they feel they need for whatever reason. That's why I'm pro-guns all day because, again, you can't stop crime. Otherwise, why would we have jails? We wouldn't need them. It's impossible.
0: Good point. Uh, So off from this topic, I want to talk about real quick on the Trump indictments by the Democrats in the Department of Justice. So I mean, in this country, in the history of this nation from last 230 plus years, no president has ever been indicted, right? Now we have four indictments on Trump, the January 6th insurrection case where a mob of supporters uh, Maga supporters stormed the Capitol and disrupted the peaceful power transfer of power. We have the Georgia election uh, interference case where he was uh, kind of arrested. And he actually posted a mugshot on his Twitter account, which is now known as X, acquired by uh, Elon Musk. And it's funny because after two and a half years, he has finally come back. Trump has finally come back to Twitter, right? Uh that's that. His third indictment was the when he had all the classified documents in his mar a uh, house, you know. And uh, last but not the least uh, was the Hush Money case where he was accused of falsifying business records in a payoff to Stormy Daniels. And uh, we know what happened, you know. They brought him to New York City. City was shut down for a few hours. Guess what? That, that case had no merit and is kind of thrown out. Steve, I'm going to start with you. Now, why do you think, first of all, do you support these indictments? Number two, uh, Dave, the same questions for you. Number one, do you support these indictments? Do you see it as a right thing done by DOJ, or do you see it as an abuse of their power? Number third, why do they want to do that? We'll start with you, Steve, and then Dave, same three questions for you.
2: Um, with all the indictments happening and everything coming up constantly, I, I do believe the DOJ has merit. How much, I don't know. Also, you're dealing with people uh, that are, I don't want to say above the wall, but they have a lot of money and a lot of power. And they can afford the best attorneys and so on and so forth. So, they're going to skate through. I mean, should Trump be in jail? I I don't know, to be honest. What did he really do? I don't know. And we're, I honestly don't think we're ever going to know. Because everything gets covered up. I mean, we can bring the Clintons into this too. You know, at least Hillary. You know, she she did some shady stuff. It,
0: it's well, the Democrat well, party is untouchable, you know, starting with Clinton's and then you go on to what's happening with uh Joe Biden's son, what's his name? Uh uh you know, whatever. Hunter. Hunter Biden. Yeah. And uh mm-hmm. I mean as a party, Democratic Party is way stronger than Republican Party. It's a team, and they hold the power. So, uh, back to you, Steve. I know you brought the Clinton. Out I'm, not, I'm
2: not. I'm not sure that Democrats hold any power right now. And again, i I want to just put this out there. I'm purple. I'm dead center. I have blue views and red views. Pro guns, pro death penalty, pro choice. You can go. I can go back and forth all day, but I'm. I'm pretty much in the middle because both sides don't got it right. And right now both sides are working against us in many cases together. Again, tinfoil hat. But I I can't I can't really comment strongly on whether anyone should be in prison. Because in my opinion
0: Well, no one is above law, right? Especially I, in America, you know, so if they broke
2: the here. wall, they should be in jail.
0: But that's but what I'm I, asking you, do you to, think do I think they, think, all, broke the, I think they you, all broke the wall. Yes, great point. But do you think that he is he is, uh, what's the word I'm trying to use here for Trump? Do you think he's uh, behind these indictments? Do you think he's the person responsible? Or do you think this is an abuse of power by the DOJ? Or a uh, or a malicious act by the left to make sure he doesn't run again because he's going to win in 2024?
2: Um, That is all possible. But I honestly, I do believe Trump did some shady stuff. 100%. But so have all of them so
0: so do you support the doj and democrats i can't
2: throw i can't throw stones at trump without throwing stones at biden without throwing stones at bush without throwing stones at clinton note i didn't mention obama because i don't think he did i think obama in my opinion was one of the most honorable men we ever had in that office who got absolutely nothing done
0: do you think he he was better than uh, bill clinton that's my question because Bill Clinton was the most famous president in this country. Really? 1992 to 2000. That's, yeah, the, rise, that's the rise think, of the United States.
2: I don't think most famous. I mean, I can name, let's go with.
0: FDR. I mean, I'm talking about it. I'm talking about in terms of the rising power statue, the status. Okay. That, that's a
2: different story. That's a different because, story.
0: United, because it was Soviet Union before that. And I remember around 1993. 91 when there was the uh, deliberation of uh, Gorbachev in, in, in USSR Correct. Uh, that's when America came to power you know because I was I know I was in India at that time and we would all see USSR as the world power there was no America but once the USSR Soviet Union was deliberated under the Bill Clinton's presidency economy boomed you know, jobs, unemployment, better. I mean, the rise of power, just plenty of things we can go on on this. So... Agre- yeah.
2: Agreed. But a lot of that was happening by default. But who got us through the Cold War? That was Reagan. Right. Reagan got us through the Cold War all day. And in my opinion, I think Reagan was a better president than Clinton. I mean, you know, we... Big issue that came up with Clinton was him cheating on his wife. And if you, come on, it's Hillary. Uh, I don't know why he mattered in the first place. But Reagan got us through the Cold War. Clinton caused a real estate bust that in many people blamed on Bush. But Clinton's the one that took down Glass-Steagall, which...
0: Well, Bush, the junior, was the one who took this country to war with Iraq and Afghanistan, which was... I think more of an emotional decision than an economical decision.
2: Yes, absolutely. And I did, I did not like Bush, but his father got us out of Kuwait. He got in there, he did his job. America, that was a very well played event. And then his son, I think, Bush Junior's friggin' idiot, and I think Cheney was running the country, and wait, wasn't he Haldeburton? So they stayed in Iraq, for what reason? So his company can make a fortune? Because he's the vice president. And I think Bush was just puppet on the slings to Cheney.
0: Dave, what do you think about this whole indictment situation that's going on?
1: Well, Yeah, the the Democrats do have a hand in the DOJ. But I think the the, the biggest thing is the Democrats control the media. Uh, Every time something comes up about Biden, his family or his son, boom, an indictment comes out. Um, Comes out when the debates are coming on when he's supposed to be in specific areas where he's going to be debating. He has to be across the country in another courthouse at the day before, things like that. Um, they're trying to suppress speech. Um, you know, it, I mean, it's it, it's tried to put, put him at a risk to run away from the country. How... He's guarded by secret service agents 24 hours a day. Is he's gonna jump out of bed, jump on a plane, and fly out of the country? Just skip the country. Uh, it's just weird how they're doing things right now. Um, they got to come out with all the information, not just little tidbits here and there, and you just hear everything disappear. Oh, he, he wasn't guilty on that. And then it's just quiet. And then you will hear the next thing about Biden or something. And then, boom, you have another indictment. So, yeah, they're, they're, it, this is big media play. Um, you don't have many media channels that are on Republicans. Uh, you got Fox News. You got some other things. Um, if you really don't do your research you're really not going to find it. Even doing a Google search, you're going to Google something in Democratic Party than, you know, a Republican uh, news or even the middle news. You don't see any of that. Um, it's just all to the left. And unfortunately, the majority of the people just watch TV, MSNBC, the older crowd, um, Now you're getting the old, the the newer generation watching YouTube. That's why maybe I think someone like Vivek was probably actually has a chance now because he's going on podcasts. Um, I mean, he was just on Jordan Peterson. I mean, that got him tons of views, tons of attention. And just the way he speaks, uh, he's a very confident person. And I think that's the way it's going to, be going towards the future but we still have that generation from i'd say 40s and upward that still do watch tv and get the majority of the news from tv which is the majority to the left
0: very well said um i want to talk about next topic uh sanctuary states sanctuary cities and and the homeless and rising crime. So just to give a brief, uh, uh, you know, our audience, for them to understand what Sanctuary City is, so it is actually refers to the places that offer political support and protections to people who come to this country illegally, right? Now, altogether in the United States, there are 11 Sanctuary States, California, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Vermont, Washington State, and Washington, D.C. Altogether, we have 500 sanctuary cities and around 20 million people live in these cities, which is around five to six percent of the U.S. population. Now, specifically, I want to talk about New York City. Since last year, spring of 2022, around 95,000 illegal migrants have come to New York City. Uh, You will be amazed by this number. 3% of all hotel rooms in New York City are occupied by these migrants. That's like around 3,500 rooms of the 125,000 total rooms in the city. Now, who pays for it? The government. Political view? Trump opposes Sanctuary City. Biden supports Sanctuary City. You know, what it is doing? I mean, Look at Los Angeles, you know, most amount of homelessness, California, Los Angeles, one, New York City, number two. What happens when there is more homelessness, more crime, more rapes, more murders? So, my thing to you is I'm going to tie this both together sanctuary city and homelessness and, and rising crime in these cities. Let's start with you, Dave, on this. Do you support the sanctuary city? Uh, concept do you oppose if you support why if you oppose why and then we'll go to Steve for the same
1: well I don't oppose it but I'm not for it Um, the thing is there's something that has to be done about the border Um, to go somewhere that do come in but if they're all shipped to one area, like New York, Los Angeles, things like that, uh, it, it's just going to become a disaster. There's not going to be enough room, enough population, uh, enough buildings to support that population. Um, and that's why they end up on the streets. I mean, now in New York, I hear about uh, schools, gym areas being... Occupied by illegal immigrants, different areas, not only hotels. And who wants to send their kids to schools? You know, they, they're scared because they don't actually know who these people are. Yep. And that's affecting the entire community and everything. Um, if there's nothing done about the border, where else is everybody going to go? Is It's... To name one area sanctuary place. Where people are going to go, it's just going to get overrun. And it's just going to cause a disaster. It's going to cause that drugs, crime, everything on the street. And that's going to lead New York going completely downhill. I remember when I used to go to school into the city um, back in 96, 97, 98 time. I didn't have any fear of getting onto the subway, going somewhere... This and that, and now you just constantly hear things on the news that people are getting pushed, people are getting uh, assaulted on trains, things are going. Uh, you know, people don't even want to be there. It's just becoming a disaster because too many people are going in too fast. That's why you got to stop the illegal immigration. Become more legal we got to control the numbers.
2: We can't just flood the country. In. Steve. I, I agree with not flooding the country, but I don't 100% get behind it. Immigration is a problem here. Homelessness has been an issue forever. And a very large percentage of our homeless are veterans. These are people that fought for our country. They went over. They put their lives on the line. Many of them didn't come home. And the ones that did with, I mean, post-traumatic stress, PTSD, other missing limbs, they don't get the support from our structure. They end up under that overpass. They end up living on the street and that's not fair. And I don't feel our government, they got to fight tooth and nail for their benefits that the government denies them blatantly after they went to war for our country. They supported our way of life. And I'm not saying our way of life is right. What I am saying is, hey, they put their life on the line for us and they should be respected for that. And I don't believe that all homeless are there for no reason some of them are and some of them yeah are lazy and they don't want to work and they have opportunities but some of them have mental disorders well why aren't we helping them why aren't we helping them get off the street we could have brilliant scientists living in a ditch somewhere but we can't pay their benefits or Help
0: them out. Well, I have an answer know. why they are not picking them up because when they arrest them, they release them the same day.
2: Well, okay. Now, if you're a criminal, that's another story. Also, something that I I'm agree talking about people with men-
0: mental sickness. They, I mean, we see it every day. I see it in the city all the time. And oh, you're talking mental
2: what? sickness. Yes.
0: Because you they brought can't. the card up. The thing is, they don't pick them off the street, they don't provide them proper counseling, proper treatment, which they need. And the worst part is they release them the same thing because they don't have any merit to arrest them just on based on their mental sickness. Because of course, by law, they are mentally incapacitated to stand a trial or be convicted unless they commit a crime, you know?
1: Right. So,
0: and- so my thing is, I mean, then, then it means that the policies in effect are bad, which are resulting in these bad consequences.
2: Agreed. And then what ends up happening is people that don't don't have the money are on the street, are cold, the winter's coming, they commit crimes to get three meals in a cot. I mean, it's not perfect for us because we don't we don't do anything, we don't commit crimes. But for them, hey, I can go, you know bring a toy pistol into a convenience store and now i'm in jail for the winter and then they'll let me back out which means they're going to commit another crime to get back in because they got no other place to be and no one is supporting them and again we don't know everyone's every human is different and what they went through in their life to end up where they did I i can't judge i've made mistakes we all have And you know what? In many situations, maybe maybe I should have been arrested or pulled over for whatever reason. And maybe I'll be fighting consequences right now. But we don't spend the time to learn their story. We don't spend the time to help help the ones we can, which maybe we should start there. Let's start with our veterans. Let's start with people that, made a decision to fight for us to enlist and to go to war for our country or to go do whatever we needed them to do let's start there because these are people that were trained by our military our government and they were here to help when no one else would there are other people on the street with mental illness yes so let's help the ones we can But there are others that are in a cycle. There are others that don't want the help. And when you get into that society, believe it or not, it's community as well. I mean, most people look down on it like, oh, you're on a street, you're playing a guitar in a subway with a pot in front of you to collect dollar bills and coins. But you don't know, like, maybe they can't work a job. Maybe they're disabled but they can play an instrument and why is that bad? Why are they getting kicked out of subways? Why are they being pushed away when they got no place to go and all they want to do is survive. And this is the way they do it.
0: That's a great point. Uh, I have a, so I'm going to ask you a question, you know, uh, I've been thinking about this. I mean, you know, what's going on with the United States, the, Nation is seeing widening wealth gap, worsening living conditions for the low-income groups, increasing homeless people we touch, life-threatening drug abuse that we touch when we talked about healthcare, and dropping average life expectancy. And you know what's going on, on the political front. My question to both of you is: I'm going to start with you, Dave. Is American democracy in threat, and or under threat?
2: Uh, repeat that. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry.
0: Is American democracy under threat? Do you think this country's democracy is under threat? Got it. Based on what's going on. Go ahead. Dave, let's start with this and then we'll go to Steve.
1: Uh, yeah. I believe it's under threat. Um, there's too many people coming after changing, trying to change policies, trying to throw their agenda directly into people's faces rather than have a discussion what this country was basically based on. You're you're trying to get together and have the middle ground and figure out how to better the country. Um, what kind of side is better than the other but we're pushing the most severe part of each agenda which is aggravating the other side. We shouldn't be aggravating each other. We should be coming together um, on everything from climate change to this. There's no just cutting off one particular thing (coughs) and starting another. Um, We have to find out how we can get to that middle, get this country running back to it should be running we are just fighting way too much amongst each other um in government amongst uh just regular people Uh, we really need to get together and figure out how we could actually make it better rather than continuing this worsening condition
0: dave
2: I agree a hundred percent. He's right. And we, our constitution is under attack. It's been under attack. Um, the Patriot Act was painful, you know, to did diminish some of our rights, but we're fighting over gun control. That's in our constitution. For 200 years ago, this was put together for, for all of us. And I'm not going to say that the people back then were smarter than us or whatever. It's, it's all perspective and time and place. So what I'm saying is we have a constitution. It should stand alone unless there's a good reason to change it.
0: What do you guys think about climate change, the climate crisis that's happening? I mean, you know what's going on. Hardest July this year, wildfire, raging wildfires all across, Uh, melting of ice and glaciers in Antarctica, rising sea levels. Uh, US stands firm on making a difference. Uh, You know, and uh, I mean, Biden, I think he suggested that by 2050, he would like to adopt to the EV sector. Um, and reduce the emission of uh, pollutants. So, what is, what do you think? Uh, let's start with you, Steve. Do you think climate change is for real? Because there are a lot of people who think, uh, just like the flat earthers think, this Earth is flat. Same way, same way people think. A lot of people think global <laughs> climate change is a hoax and uh, not real. So, let's start with you, Steve, and then we'll go today.
2: All right. Let me just say just say that the flat earthers are the biggest group of tool sheds on the planet. <laughs> these, these guys, these guys don't know what they're talking about. They're just they're straight up making it up, and they're going forward with it and not qu- quoting it as fact. Okay, right? if the Earth was flat, come on, I mean, it, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> um, climate change is real. At this point, go down to Miami. When high tide comes in, there are areas of Miami where the water is coming up under the up from the sewers into the streets. If we have giant shelves of ice breaking off Antarctica, and one that's about to bust off of Greenland, there's the waters are going to rise, and it's it is the emissions. I do support clean energy but I don't 100% believe that we're doing it right. And I think there's a lot of stuff being suppressed. Again, tinfoil hat, when any new innovation comes out, especially when it comes to clean energy, who buys it? Big oil, because they don't want the gravy train to run out. Because, oh, well, what are we gonna do with all this oil if we're using clean energy and windmills can power things or batteries? But we're also look at chip crisis running a lithium we're running out of products for batteries as well so which end is better now i i support both but maybe instead of suppressing all these devices, we should get these we should get get them out there and allow them to be produced and tested like again People say Tesla's great. Again, you got to plug your car in. And where are you drawing your power from? Coal energy. You're in the same boat you were in before. Doesn't change. And at this point, the bigger issue with climate change isn't just that, it's the environment. Like the Amazon is the heart of our planet. We lose the Amazon, we lose bees. We got a bigger problem because we're not lasting. That and agriculture, um, multi-pond flammers, bees, if our agriculture goes down, if our wheat, if we lose wheat, we're in famine and there's nothing we can do to stop it.
0: Dave?
1: Uh, With climate change, um, yes, it's happening. Uh, What's actually causing it is an earth cycle is it us that's doing it uh we have an involvement into it um it's clean energy now i see that as a problem um, with the solar um they're trying to rely on this too quickly uh we also need fossil fuels there's no way to stop that right now um We're we're currently kind of creating more damage with the solar and wind um, because our technology is not there. Uh, we need better batteries that we don't have to do so much mining for. Um, I mean, there's companies coming out with solid state batteries. Toyota into it, where it won't be as much as pollutants to the world because we we really don't know how to get rid of these things when their life cycle is going to end like the uh ev car say in the next 10 years what's going to happen with all the batteries um we're currently having a problem with the batteries um they could be recycled yes but what about the batteries that are leaking into the ground already um especially recently i just learned about hawaii what they do with their ev batteries don't do anything because it's too too expensive to take them and ship them to a recycling facility, because they're possibly cause explosions on shipments, things like that. There's 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 a lot of hazards to it. Um, with wind power, the windmills, how much waste? They gotta keep changing the fins every certain amount of years. Where's that waste to go? Um, We don't have enough infrastructure, enough copper to run all these cables throughout the power stations. And what happens if a different disaster comes? Um, Say, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. The uh, volcano is going to explode sometime. To what level is it going to explode? Who knows? Um, How much of the atmosphere is it going to cover? now we can't use solar anymore because a certain amount of the sun is blocked out just like happened in the dark ages where you know the world went into famine because nothing could grow and it's the sun so we're always going to have to have fossil fuels and we got to find other forms of energy like china's currently doing they're, they're building different types of fusion plants things like that and i think that that's a problem because they're creating currently more pollution by doing more coal plants and everything like that. But they're also building their power structure even higher building these bigger plants. And if we just rely on our green energy and for now they have power superiority over everybody and now what do we have? So there's a lot of, things we have to figure out. Yeah, we're causing climate problems, but we have to get there in a particular way. We can't just rely on one particular type of energy, especially when it comes to solar and wind, because it's not always gonna be there.
0: Great point. So we got two more topics left to, and we'll wrap this up real quick. You guys tell me, do you want to talk about education and public schools or do you want to talk about uh, social inequality, the LGBTQ and transgender community? Which one would you like to talk about first?
2: I'm good with either. Dave? I'll let Steve start this one.
0: Which one?
1: Whichever one, it doesn't matter to me.
0: Okay, so let's start with, so let's talk about the. Uh, social inequality, and then we'll finish this off with the education system that's going on. So uh, I want to talk about LGBTQ and transgender community. Uh, Just to give some numbers, you know, around 20 million people, which is around 7% of the U.S. adult population, they identify themselves as LGBTQ, which actually has doubled from 3.5% in 2012. So in a decade, it has doubled. 10 million to 20 million. Gen Z's age group 19 to 26 are most likely to identify themselves as LGBTQ uh, compared to millennials ages 27 to 42. Now, as for Reuters, the new study estimates, there are around 1.6 million adults in the US who identify themselves as transgender, right? Um, My question is, you know, I'm going to read these things and then we'll jump into it. As transgender people have increased, gained acceptance and visibility, conservative lawmakers have zeroed in on restricting their rights, keeping transgender children off girls, sports teams, and out of certain bathrooms and blocking them from receiving gender-affirming medical care. In response, a growing number of democratic control states, the blue states have moved to protect such rights, especially access to gender-affirming care. Last but not the least, six states have laws or policies in effect barring minors from receiving puberty blockers or hormone therapy. So Steve, we'll start with you. Based on what I just said, the numbers that I told and the issues that this community is facing, Where do you stand with this community? Give me your, give me your just insight and views on this. And then we'll go today.
2: Um, I 100% support your body, your decision. If you're a girl, want to be a boy, you're a boy, you want to be a girl. Awesome. Whatever. Do you. Doesn't affect my life. And it's their right to do it. They shouldn't be refused medication. And it shouldn't matter on a state to state basis. Um, my issue with this is then you get to the bathrooms and the sports and other, and all right, we already have a special Olympics been around forever, so make a trans Olympics. You guys can battle each other in whatever sport you want to, that's fine, but no, a man that changes to a woman should not be competing against women. And that's just fact that has nothing to do with, Hey, I feel I was born the wrong person. Respect. Do you, but don't use it as an unfair advantage in, you know, sports. Don't walk in to the woman's bathroom. I have a 22 year old daughter. You walk in the bathroom with a dick. well, you're my problem because you shouldn't be there, but give them their own bathroom. Easy, just as easy as anything else. Make an alternative bathroom for everybody. Problem solved. This shouldn't be, this really shouldn't be an issue. It's their body. Now, when it comes to, um, what was the other piece? Uh, crap. I missed it. Um, dad yeah, really lost it. Uh,
0: and you talk about the bathrooms. You talk about the sports teams. Uh, they're or also, teams. I mean, they're also talking about gender-affirming medical care. You know, uh, where they actually they're blocking them from receiving it.
2: Correct. But once you once you go through transition, and I, I hung out in a goth club for years. I I have a lot of trans friends, and one of the big issues, like everyone says, oh, they commit suicide. Well, no someone making a decision after puberty or, you know, they're going to, most of them are happy with the decision they made. Now a parent is asking an eight year old, do you want to be a boy or a girl? How is a freaking eight year old going to tell you that they don't know. They don't know what they're going to go through in high school. I was picked on. I was made fun of. It was, High school was horrible for me. Grammar school was horrible for me. I I can only imagine if I decided to want to be a woman at seven. It would have been a hundred times worse. And then they regret the decision. But they they were forced to make a decision at an age where they weren't prepared to make that decision yet.
0: But who forced that decision? Who forced that hmm? decision? Who is forcing that that decision?
2: Parents are now asking their kids what they want to be before they're ready to make that decision.
0: So where is the parenting here? Where is the right form of parenting? If if a parent is asking a seven or eight year old kid, instead of the other way around, where the kid looks up to their parents for the correct advice, guidance, something has to be wrong here, you know? Then who is at fault?
2: Um. Well, that, that other end is a little, see now that I really, can't make an accurate comment on that because i mean you
0: said you have a lot of transgender friends i mean so i do so my thing is when you talk to them uh what is what are some of the things they bring up that they're not happy with and they would like as a change
2: the the ones that i know didn't transition till they were in their late teens or early 20s or even way older than that a lot of them in their 30s and i get it your body's more adapted to one or the other at that point, and it's more difficult. But all of them are happy. And I every once in a while I get on the topic and I'll ask, hey, so are you happy with your decision? Couldn't be happier is the answer. None of them are suicidal. None of them like I don't see that, at least from my circle, which is small based on where I'm hanging out, who I meet and their age range. I can't, I don't know any transgenders that trans that prior to like 16. So I don't know, but I hear that the suicide rate of trans at that age is a little bit, is a lot higher. But again, you're under 10 years old, Do you know what life has to offer? Do you know what you're going to have to deal with? Are you prepared for the ramifications? And I'm not saying there should be, there shouldn't be. But there's going to be because people are going to judge. People are going to have their opinion. And they're going to, people can be bullies. And they're going to treat people improperly. And that's not fair. Dave? Dave?
1: All right, so I'll just be straight out and say a man is a man, a woman is a woman. Um, <laughs> what they want to be, they could be. Um, men's sports, women's sports, they should be separated. Uh, men's, men should not walk into a woman's bathroom. Um, there's many reasons for that. Um, the question I have is, why don't we see the opposite? Why don't we see a woman changing into a man going into a man's sport? Man a woman wanting to go into a man's bathroom. You know, there's there's psychological issues. Um there. Why why is this getting pushed this way? I understand some people may think or feel that they are they could do it. Just don't make it obvious don't don't I mean I'm not walking around the streets and saying hey look at me I'm a straight male you know people would look at me like hey you're strange so why can't I look at somebody else saying hey that's that's kind of strange why are you bringing it out into the open um the things with with children and and their medical things um See, when i grew up i didn't have a cell phone uh, a computer i didn't have information that these kids get um i went to school if i got picked on at school i went home i didn't have to hear from them you know if i had to hear from them they had to call a telephone and i don't have to pick that up now kids they may get picked on at school come home what are they on they're they're on their computer their telephone they're looking at things where people are still possibly attacking them or they're looking into how will people like me and they see different things until they get older full brain development doesn't happen until probably about like what is it 23 24 so until your fully brain isn't developed how can you choose what you actually want to be to that point so I think that, you know, if they're teaching things in school, they shouldn't be teaching, they shouldn't. I mean, we did sex education when I was in the eighth grade. That was, um, you know, we would have a priest come in, he would do a sex education class with the boys and a nun came in and did a sex education with the uh, girls. It was separated. Um, I think that's how it should be. Um, parents should teach their children about that, not the schools. Um, kids just have too much access to computers and things now. Um, that, that I see is a downfall for them. Um, just pick one thing and they follow it if they get put down. They just continuously getting put down from all different angles. And that's what could lead to their depression and look at a different viewpoint in life where they're just playing the part but not actually feeling the part.
0: Great points. So so then my question is, who do we blame? From what I can hear here, I think the parents are not doing their job with parenting their kids. As you said, a man is a man, as a, a woman is a woman. You know, there is no, right? I mean, Steve, you're a father, right? So you know better than everyone here, you know? So my thing is what is right is right. what is What is wrong is wrong. But why is it that I'm not opposing them? I, as I said, America is for the people, by the people, right? America is the land of freedom. That's why it's a melting pot. Everyone comes here. Correct. I, I totally support, you know, they are human beings just like us. Much love and respect from my end. I'm just trying to understand the issues that they face. As you said, Steve, the bulliness, you know, uh, very hard to adjust in the society, Right. They're trying their best to find their place in social justice, like social justice and in the social world. So, so, I mean, is it fair to put a kid as a blame who is eight years old, ten years old, or even a teen, or or the parents have lost their way in how to parent their own kids?
2: Well, ignorance is bliss. So better said, When, let's go into bullying first. Right. Um, I was bullied as a kid. It was a lot simpler, though. Someone called me out. We went out to the parking lot. Two punches. Someone saw a little bit of blood. It was over. The fight was done. And if someone got knocked down, the other person picked them up and it was over very simple now people hide behind screens hide behind computers they're they're babies they don't they they got a big mouth when no one can touch them or put their hands on them
0: i understand steve but the point is being bullied and being bullied for a race or your gender let's put gender this is all related to being bullied on a gender basis is completely different than just being bullied you know being
2: bullied at all is not okay and right. if you're bullying someone based on race and gender then you're gender biased or you're racist
0: right
2: what 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 they do with their lives or how they were born okay i'm italian i can't help that what if i was born black or spanish I can't help that. That's how I came into this world. And nor should I be judged on that. That has nothing to do with anything. And some of the smartest people in the world are from every single culture, every culture we've ever had. So to judge someone or put them down based on how they look, how they dress, how they act. I mean, I'm wearing a dog leash around my neck. Like, come on. Like, you want to judge me? Go ahead. I don't care what you think but a lot of people do and now with cyberbullying it's gotten a lot worse i can't imagine growing up in this in this day and age i to me i'm 46 and i feel lucky i was born when i was because i wouldn't be able to survive school today with the cyberbullying and all the bullshit going on and it's it's a lot different when you're hiding behind a computer screen and you can't just drag someone out in a parking lot and punch them in the face. Because if you were able to just, Hey, let's square off. A lot of that would end. A lot of these babies behind computers that have no balls wouldn't do what they do. If they could be, res- be held responsible with a fist to the fucking dome.
0: Well, they brought a great point out, you know, kids being on their phone all the time lack mm-hmm. of uh, communication lack of personal touch so dave now do you think social media and technology is to be blamed here as well as much as as much as it connects the world brings the world closer do you think the consequence of social media outweighs the benefits of social media especially for kids and teens
1: Well, social media is is good in one aspect where it brings a lot of education. I mean, without social media and and the amount of communication that we have, we wouldn't have the advances in the world that we have today. Um, I think it's more toward parenting and, and parents letting their children at certain ages access, you know, these social media platforms. Um, at a younger age, I, I believe it should be just more educational rather than being able to communicate with so many people. Um, that, so overall, it, it's more parenting. Because everybody's going to keep spreading everything on social media, no matter what it is. But there has to be a control somehow. And that control has to be due through parenting. I mean, I, um, I do have a nephew. Uh, he's in Poland. You know, my brother's son. And they're raised differently over there than they are over here. Um, really not on the social media and everything so much. Um, but as I grew up, And then through my future, uh, learning about social media at later ages. um, When I look back, I saw that it was a lot easier as a kid to um, back in my day where I didn't have access to all this stuff. And maybe my brain being swayed in a complete different direction by somebody just because it's the cool thing to do at that point you know, like the next fad, like what's the next fad is, is, you know, people saying, hey, I feel like a girl, the next fad, I don't know, you know, is it a fad or is it their actual feelings? And that's what, uh, that's the problem with the social media aspect of it. But the majority towards kids, it's the parents have to really uh they're they're just sending their kids on their computer on their phone as being the babysitter
0: then what about Um, the education which is which is the last topic i wanted to bring up the education system in united states uh i mean most most parents believe that public schools i'm talking about public schools they are pushing specific views on race and sexuality into children uh Uh, An overwhelming majority of parents, I would say U.S. adults believe that schools should not be forcing these two views to children, right? Because yes, parenting definitely, I agree with both of you, you know, has to be right. But what about the education system in the public schools? What about the indoctrination in schools? What about the sexualization in schools? I'm gonna just throw a couple of things here in april of 2023 newton north high school in massachusetts hosted a drag show for students as part of transgender bisexual gay and lesbian awareness day in march an elliott k-8 innovation school in boston massachusetts the sixth and seventh graders were asked to fill out an explicit survey one question asked have you ever participated in oral sex Another question asks, a transgender person is someone who does not feel the same inside as sex they were born with. Are you transgender? They, and many more instances you go, I can go on and on. But my thing is, what is wrong with these schools? What is wrong with these teachers? What's wrong with this education system? We we grew up, we, we were never told these things in school. We didn't do shit. We used to just play, come home, do our homework, go out, play go to bed, back to school next again. That was our cycle, right? I mean, we grew up in a strict household with morals and values, but uh, what's going on these days? Go ahead, Dave, stop, and then we'll go to Steve.
1: I, I think we're losing a lot of moral values due to our families. Um, there's a lot more divorce um, separated families, uh, single mothers, single fathers, taking care of just their kids, circuits. um, where was I going with this? Give me one second. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's a moral obligation of all these people to come together, um, I'm I like, mean, wh- why? Why see will Steve?
0: Yeah, go ahead. Why? Why do you think? I mean, is this acceptable? I mean, if I don't know, I don't know. Would you want to have a kid right now and go to school and be taught these stupid things at such a young age? Inappropriate. Right. That's the right word I will use. Not stupid. I'll use the word inappropriate.
2: Me, me or Dave?
0: No, I want you to but go. I can. I can. Okay, go, oh, Steve.
2: None i was not sure go. if they done yet. That's why I'm like, that's what I was asking. Steve, here you go. Steve. All
1: right.
2: I'm, a lot of things have changed, and I don't necessarily believe it's the school's problem, but it's parents' problem. Like, I'm a single dad. I had custody of my daughter, Brianna, when she was five. And I made a lot of mistakes. I'll own that out loud. I mean, always been there for her. There wasn't one single night over every year that she was under my roof. She's living on her own now that I didn't walk in and kiss her goodnight and tell her I love her. But we all make mistakes. Parenting is not, there is no equation to make parenting work. But these new parents these days, they're, I'm not saying, Discipline is a good thing, but it's a necessary thing. And if there's no ramifications to what you do, like take, I got a brother. He's got three kids. They're out of control. And we're at a family gathering and one kid's jumping on the couch, jumping all over the place, walking over, hitting hitting people because he's playing around. But if... My brother opens his mouth and goes, You better stop that. Wait till you get home. His wife's yelling at him. If my dad, when I was growing up, if I said, wait till you got home, oh, I pissed my pants. I'm like, crap, that ain't going well. And my dad never beat on me. Was my I love my father. He's one of my best friends. But it was necessary. And I learned something. And guess what? I never did it again. Now, you got education. They worked in tandem with each other. So, like, if the parents are doing one thing, and they're the ones on the school board, they're the, the soccer moms. Like, it's... Everything has gone downhill. When I was... I mean, let's bring athletics. When I grew up, you won, you got a trophy. Now it's you getting a participation trophy for what? Showing up. You didn't even play in the game. Yeah, but everyone's got to be included. It's not about who's being the best, who's doing the best, who's the fastest, who can throw the football farther, who can make more goals in a soccer game. It's about oh, well, everyone has to participate and everyone gets an award. But that doesn't make you better. I mean, Dave, we play pool together. Are you getting better beating on someone that doesn't play or barely plays? Are you getting better growing your game and playing stronger opponents? Not getting a trophy for whatever
1: bullshit. Mm -hmm. Dave? Yeah, exactly. Playing, Playing stronger opponents. But uh, yeah, I, I said that um, about these teachers and everything teaching these students about these things. It's it's just completely mind-boggling. Um, it's the parents who should be doing this. Uh, the parents who tell schools what they want their children to learn. Um, you know, basic history math, things like that. Everybody has to learn. But when it comes to sexuality and things like that, it should be just completely based on the parents. Um, see what the kids need to do. I mean, there is psychiatrists out there, psychological help where parents could send these children and see what this is actually going on about. Is it their true feelings, or is it a feeling that got brought upon them because of this particular education and it's not what they're feeling and they're just going with the flow that's the problem that i see happening with that part of sexualizing kids because you're not letting kids just decide what they are on their own kind of swaying them social media swaying them onto what they should be not what they are
0: Great point. So so my final question to wrap this up is based on all that we have discussed today and what's going on.
1: Sid, Sid
2: can I just touch on that media thing real quick? Yes, please. I think social media is right now turning into a plague. Um TikTok probably being the worst of all of them. Uh all the apps on your phones, all the games, um they objectify women. And hey, listen, everyone likes to stare at the hot girl. I'm a man. There's still blood coursing through my veins. But all the women have perfect bodies. It gives a full sense of reality to young girls. And unlike people at my age, again, I'm 46. When I turned 18, I went to the quick check down the street. I bought a lotto ticket, a porno mag, and a... Uh, I uh, it was one of a pack of cigarettes. I didn't even smoke at that time. And because I could, we didn't have access to anything. Right. Everything's on the Internet now. Like and parents are giving six, seven, eight year olds phones and there's they can Google search for naked people. And the the, the games they're playing are objectifying both men and women. It's giving them a false sense of reality, of real life. So why do you think you have women that are anorexic or bulimic because they want that perfect body they see in these games? Because that's the way a woman is supposed to look. Well, is that true? You got a little you got a little weight on you, got some curves. That doesn't mean you're ugly. You know that you're you're beautiful too they're, they're put in a box and a lot of them stay there and that's not fair. And that's what social media is not all of it, but in some cases it's, it's not allowing kids to be kids. You know, all I wanted to do was go out on my bike, big trails in the woods, make jumps out of logs and, you know, come home with scrapes and bruises where my parents got mad at me because I ripped my jeans and it was fun. I learned what I was able to do with my body. I learned what I, I had fun doing it and playing manhunt, falling out of trees, getting, coming home with poison Ivy every day, walking through the brook, catching crayfish. I mean, that was everything to me as a kid. And now it's, Oh, I didn't respond to someone on TikTok where all there are, are girls listening to music desktop music and twerking like what it what's the point? I don't understand.
0: I just different, don't understand. Different generation. So 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 based on everything that we discuss, what's going on? I'm gonna ask you both, Steve, do you first? Which nominee would you which president would you which presidential candidate would you nominate for presidency in twenty twenty four? one person one name
2: one name unfortunately i'm going to say trump i'm going to say David.
1: it for, oh god well i'm going to say two names trump and vivek is vice president
0: okay i, I think that's that's a fair uh prediction yeah. I, I i that's where i stand i would say trump and i would say vivek ramaswamy is a stronger candidate than any other Republican candidate is just you know, Nikki Haley, Asa Hutchinson, Chris Christie. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a joke, what? right? Chris Christie's a joke. And well, I could, God.
1: I can I I can see Nikki, she's pretty strong.
0: Yeah. Nikki Haley. Yeah. So guys, well I'd this like has been see- I'd like okay. to see
2: Trump not run with Pence.
0: Well, Pence that is out. Be... He's he's the weakest candidate. He was blown away in the GOP debate. He was literally blown away. Out of no, the I mean
2: I mean Trump's vice president, whoever he's running with, I will not vote for him if he runs with Pence. Because Pence is a lunatic. No, no, no one
0: no oh, one is not? no one is supporting Pence, as I said. DeSantis was a stronger candidate, but uh, uh, Ramaswamy is a better speaker. Ramaswamy uh, stands for—he is a Trump without the Trump's charisma. In a nutshell, Agreed. his baby, right? So um, I guess we we will see what happens next year. Uh, but that being said, guys, I want to thank you so much. This went on for—I mean, we can go on on and on. I mean, we can talk, you know. Uh, yeah. So, but I want to thank both of you, you know, uh, you know, for being such good friends to me and for taking so much time out of your day to do this with me, you know, for our, for our audience. You know.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Much.
0: Thank you guys. Thank so you I'll see... for me here too. Please. It's my pleasure. And we will have you guys soon again uh, on another topic. Which we cannot disclose right yes, now. We will. Yeah. <laughs> but uh they will get to see you. Yes, Our audience will. will get to see you individually on the topics that we will be uh we will be coming out with your podcast, you know, in the next four weeks. Uh, stay tuned for the mystery topic, you know. And uh, guys, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much once again for your time. Okay, take care. Bye bye. All right, thank take you. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Bye bye, bye bye.